Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Making a Mark Wrestling Podcast, hosted by myself, Dom, and my co-host, Laura. Say hello, Laura. Hello. So this podcast uh, is a journey with me and Laura, where I have always been a fan of wrestling. I grew up watching Stone Cold, The Rock, Undertaker, Kane, Edge, Christian, all those big names, and I sort of fell out of love with it during, you know, my teenage years and recently rediscovered my love of wrestling. Whereas Laura was never a fan of wrestling. <laughs> um, so this is me sort of introducing Laura to the wonderful world of wrestling and hearing her thoughts on wrestling and hearing how her thoughts change over time as she watches more of it and is exposed to different styles different promotions and different wrestlers, hearing whether she ends up liking it, hearing whether she ends up, you know, it just cements her dislike of it, and just hearing her thoughts as an outsider of wrestling. So for our first episode, the match we watched was John Cena versus AJ Styles from SummerSlam 26. So, Laura, what are your, starting off, just your sort of overall thoughts on the match? <laughs> Did you uh, like it? Did you not like it? Whatever. Just general Before thoughts. I jump into that, just apologies. I'm still on the tail end of a cold getting over it, so I'm going to try and mute myself if I have to, like, cough, sniffle, anything like that, but bear with. Um, Another oh. quick aside. This is the first episode, guys, so bear with us. There might be. Yeah. Overall, just kind of just, like, shake my head, the whole thing. And I know a lot of it is coming into it with my bias and stubbornness and just for for context everyone else like when dom says i'm not a fan of wrestling it's it goes beyond that like i was raised in a house where like if we're even scrolling through tv like channels like channel surfing with my parents around and like there would be an ad for wrestling it, it would launch like a half hour rant from my my dad my parents about how wrestling is uh for people with like a subpar iq and it's such a stupid in form of entertainment that glorifies violence like it was very there's very vocal dislike of wrestling in my house and I had very snobbish family members about that form of entertainment so that's where I was coming from and and I did for a long time absorb that judgment and just parrot it back and I judged people hardcore that watched wrestling and I've now dated a bunch of people that are really into it and they all keep trying to convert me and I'm like nah nah it's not gonna happen and I just keep out of stubbornness, want to say no. So that's part of why I was intrigued by the idea of this podcast. It's like, maybe I should be less of a snob and, you know, give this a try. And watching this match, basically, it's it's clear that the reason people watch this is just a slightly more, like, athletic and aggressive version of the same reason why, like, a lot of my friends would watch a soap opera. It's very melodramatic and very, like, high-tension, and they clearly have, like, storylines and, like, character build-ups these wrestlers, but there's just so much about it that I'm just like, this is so dumb, and I, oh, there, I can appreciate moments, but overall, most of the time, I was still just, like, making fun of it in my head, critiquing so many things, and just very frustrated with some moments, because even though I know it's it's staged combat, it's not real, they're not actually punching in each other and whatever, but there's some moments, like, I get it, and I know we want to heighten the drama, but even in a real fight, why is your back turned to him for so long? Why are you letting him just go, like, recover his breath, take his time, like, his, he's on the ropes, literally, it's wrestling, there's ropes, go get him, what are you doing? And just, 
my training from just like doing stage combat because I work in theater. I'm just like, oh, and it was just driving me nuts. But there were, I could still pick out moments to appreciate overall. So I'm absolutely, uh, I'm actually laughing about that because uh, you've brought, you've already brought up a few things like me and Laura, uh, for the viewers, we both um, as we went through the match, we both made notes. She made notes on sort of her thoughts in the match, his new view and stuff, and I made like a bunch of notes on like questions I wanted to ask Laura, topics I wanted to bring up to her, and you've already hit on like sort of two of them, at least two of them anyway. Which is, one of them was, I was going to ask you about your thoughts on, like, the comparison of wrestling to soap operas. Like, this idea of, like, <laughs> they're basically, they basically are, they're basically soap operas with amazing athleticism thrown in the mix. Like, they have, like, these over-the-top melodramatic storylines, you know, where people argue for months and months, and then, but instead of leading up to just a row or something, it leads up to a match. Which is then like the big blow off. Yeah. So yeah, you've already hit on the sort of comparison to soap operas. And another one I was going to ask you about was sort of like your view on like the suspension of disbelief that's needed to sort of enjoy a lot of wrestling. And the context I wrote that made me write it down was when AJ Styles had John Cena in the calf crusher. Mm-hmm. Where he, he's just sort of holding one of his legs. And John's like doing nothing with his other leg. I literally not made a AJ note in the face. Like I like literally made a note. I was like, he looks like he's giving birth. John Cena's face looked like it looked like AJ was doing far more than I'm just holding your calf at ninety degrees. I'm like, okay, dude, hold, like calm down. We, we I know for a fact that the tank that you are, that's not doing anything. And I, obviously, like you said, suspension of disbelief is so critical in this. And I'm, I'm a very big proponent of that. Like, and I work in theater. I, every day, am a part of things that very much require suspension of disbelief. But I think it's just because the, I won't say the core of wrestling, but still a very, a tenet of the, the sport slash performance is still like a, a fight as if you're like trying to knock out your opponent is combat. And there's just like, basic like i've i've only ever done a few months of martial arts and things like that and i've only ever done like very basic and then like some unarmed stage combat some weapon stage combat when i was an actress for a brief while but just like it's just such a basic rule like never turn your back to your opponent and aj was doing it all the time like full on like whether he was talking to or hyping up the crowd whether he was just trying to recover his breath or he was like oh i've been punched i'm i'm tizzy oh and like they're just he's just letting him and if it happened once or twice and if it happened for like just a few seconds absolutely but it it felt like it was going on for like minutes and just all the time and I don't know. I know it's part of, it's to make the match go on longer, it's for pacing, it's to build hype, it's to build tension, but it just couldn't, I couldn't get past it, really. Yeah, there's there's a fine line to walk, because there are moments where you can't avoid, like, you know, that suspension, like, you need suspension of disbelief. Like, one that people don't realise, but it's such a fundamental part of wrestling, right? And this, this has come up before in debate, so, like, when a lot of old school wrestlers saying the new school wrestling looks fake or whatever, is the most basic move in all of wrestling, the Irish whip, where one person throws their opponent, they bounce off the ropes and come back. In real life, if you slung someone's arm, they would not suddenly start running across the ring side to side until you (laughs) hit a move on them. 
That is the most fundamental move in all of wrestling. And yet that's like super fake and you need to suspend your disbelief to be able to enjoy it. So like there's a fine line to walk. Like for some reason, even as a new fan, generally the running the ropes does it like it just looks sort of not like it looks right. You know what I mean? It looks yeah, sort of that, natural. I could buy that more than the amount of time they just give each other. Just because like that you said that that is still like a move. There's still activity happening and it's and also I feel like just the ropes are such a core component like they are almost a character in wrestling the ring itself so to me that's part of the that suspension of disbelief i can get behind but since the aim is still to get your opponent to submit or knock them out and it's just dead space and dead time when one or both of you are clearly there's a reason on the ropes is a like a euphemism everywhere for being tired being close to defeat being exhausted like it's just one of my pet peeves and i wrote it down a bunch of times and then the other one that bugged me was, and this only happened once, but anytime it happens, and this isn't limited to just wrestling, anytime there's a fight, even on TV, in a movie, on stage, anytime people use the headbutt move and they have any other move left to them, because it's literally the dumbest move in any fight, because you're injuring, nine times out of ten, you do more damage and set back to yourself than your opponent, because you will get dizzy, you might, like, your vision might swim for a minute, it's, you're hurting both of you, often you more than them. And it should only be done if it's like, like in TV, it's like, you know, they have minions or henchmen like holding you, your arms and the villain comes close to your face. Then, okay, you have no move left to you. In wrestling, when you have all your limbs free, you're like out there doing things. When you go grab the dude for a headbutt, just seems so stupid to me. Um, so some things about that is one, did you notice though that, um, John Cena did actually like sell the headbutt, like after he delivered the headbutt to AJ, he sort of stumbled off sideways holding his own head. So he did yeah. sell, like, the injured him as well. Well, like, points for realism, but then it's mm-hmm. like, but why would you do it? If yeah, you're, why, if you're a, fi- if they kept, like, 15 time champion, you're such a big, and, like, John Cena, even people who don't know wrestling, if it's like a desperation move or something, fine, but if it's, like, he had total control there, he could have just punched AJ. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, some funny wrestling headbutt stories that you may not know because you're not a wrestling fan is, um, ha, may not one. Know. There is a stereo, a racist stereotype in wrestling where Samoans don't get hurt by headbutting people, so they can oh just headbutt God. other people. And so there's this rule of you never headbutt a Samoan because you'll get hurt and the Samoan won't. Oh my fucking And it's God. just a total racist, racist stereotype that Samoans have hard heads. You it's know from what the that very early days of? of wrestling and just has yeah. sort of continued forever. <laughs> Random thing, you know yeah. what it reminds me of, though? Are you a Lord of the Rings fan at all? Yes, yes. Then, you know the story about all the... Because there was a lot of, like, New Zealand and, like, Ma- uh, Maori and, like, Samoan and various cultures, like, stuntmen and that played a lot of the orcs and stuff and the set. The story of um, Aragorn's actor, Viggo Mortensen, just, like, headbutting Legolas one day as a greeting on set and, like, practically knocking him out. <laughs> Because the stunt guys are like, no, do it, do it. And, like, never thought he'd do it. Like, yeah, it's great. It's how you say hello. It's how you show, like, respect. And they're saying all this bullshit. So he does it. And he's like, I, I sh-. he's like, why'd I do it to the elf? The most delicate frame of almost anyone. And, like, literally, uh, freaking Orlando Bloom just kind of, like, wobbles. And he's like, whoa. And he's like, I, I genuinely think he concussed me. I was I was woozy for days. And, like, and then the stunt guys, like, Viggo Mortensen became an honorary, like, part of their group for doing that. And it was one of my favorite stories. But, yeah. That's, that's like, oh, that's, I want to say that's so funny, but I'm like, oh, it's so racist, though. <laughs> uh, another random headbutt story is that um, there was a Japanese wrestler, who I'm sure I'll show you eventually, because I love him. 
and he has a very interesting style where you know you're talking about realism uh-huh. he he makes his matches realistic by actually just hitting people yes he does like a very shoot style and it's very interesting to watch i'll but, watch uh, that but he had this uh match where he headbutted his opponent but he he didn't fake it he legit just headbutted his opponent oh, so hard blood started dripping from his own head oh my god and um it ended up in him getting a blood clot in his brain and ended his career oh shit so uh yeah headbutts don't do them guys <laughs> they're dumb this is why most of wrestling is faked because yes. xyz <laughs> It's the stuff they do, if actually done, is very, very, very dangerous. Like, don't try this at home, kids. So another thing I wanted to talk about when you were talking about this idea of people, like, you know, when they're just, like, letting their opponent recover and just stood around, or when they're turning their back on the opponent, there was one particular moment I wanted to bring up to you because it's, um, someone did that, and for a long time, but for, like, storyline, which is that, I don't know if you picked up on this, but throughout the match, after John Cena hit his, like, finishing move, the attitude adjustment on uh, Styles, and Styles kicked out of it, John Cena then started trying to do it off the top rope. You know, he tried up the ante, he tried to escalate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. He was like, well, he kicked out of my normal one, let's in- like, increase the power, you know what I mean? Like, let's make it more deadly. And he tried it about four times throughout the match. And then yeah. when he finally landed it, and AJ kicked out of that as well. He just like went into the corner and was like a lost puppy. Yeah, he like, like legit he just, gave up. Yeah, he just did not know what to do anymore. He just he was just stood sat there looking totally lost. So that in an actual fight was sort of like why is he just giving him space? But like that one made sense because it was like in the story. If that made like did you yeah. feel the same way about that? No, one? I was going to say that one didn't didn't bug me as much. And even the commentators were being like, look how perplexed he is. And it's funny you said puppy, because I literally wrote my notes like, he looks like someone kicked his puppy and took it away. <laughs> John, Cena, uh, John Cena is famous in wrestling for his un- unintentionally hilarious facial expressions. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, that one didn't bug me, because like you said, they did have time to build it up. That was cleverly crafted. That was his, well, that was my big thing. I, I I don't know what to do if that yeah. doesn't get him what will. So that one, like, it was still a bit OTT for me. You'll quickly look at my expression, OTT, over the top. Mm-hmm. I say it a lot. Um, but I didn't, it was, it still fell over the top, and I was, like, kind of eye-rolling a bit, but I also accepted it. And I still, like, at least appreciated the time they took to craft that moment. Because, like you said, you there was build-up to too it. too much time. Like, he just spent too long doing it, like... The idea was good, but chill out with the doing it for half an hour. <laughs> yeah. So, um, shall we go through more of your notes? Let's see what you've noted okay. down. Go through a couple of them. Well, do you want like chronological, or do you want like my my biggest things that like kept uh, coming up or whatever? We'll go through chronological. Let's see okay. how it goes. Uh, at the well, at the very beginning, just maybe because they keep talking about this is a history making match. Da, da, da. I'm like, I feel like. What every little bit of wrestling I have watched, because again, I'm a, I've not watched a lot. I have watched the occasion, I think maybe like snippets of three different matches in my whole life. And just because my 
my boyfriend is super into wrestling, so occasionally, if it's, like, he's had a hard day or special occasion, I'll be like, you pick whatever we want to do tonight, and if there's a wrestling thing on, he's like, can we watch this? I'll be like, sure. I feel like they say that all the time, like, because it's, the height, like, it's like, how can you raise the bar in wrestling? Because the bar's always just, like, in the fucking ceiling, and um, it just gets a little one note and repetitive for me. I'm like, do people really buy this? That every match is because like, clearly there will be some that are history making like i'm sure I, I i know that the undertaker was a giant like a mega star so whatever his final match was that would be a history making match but like i don't know so i just i literally wrote aren't they all in my um, notes so for a bit of context for this one is i do agree they do it all the time which to be honest they've sort of got to do this like is a thing that comes from like boxing as well and stuff like that and it comes from even the very early days because in case you didn't know pt barnum invented professional wrestling um like the sort of you know faked show version of wrestling he invented did that, not know basically. that but it makes sense yeah he was the original wrestling promoter. So even from like the early days of him doing it and like boxing matches and stuff like that, they all do it. And UFC does it as well. You know, every match is like, you know, it's it's history in the making. It's the biggest match of all time. It's, it's you know, this is on the line. You know, they always have to make them feel special because they've got to convince people to buy them. But for this one, there is somewhat of a justification to it in the sense that AJ Styles was never a WWE wrestler. The commentators talked about this, how he's actually been a wrestler for 20 years before he joined like the WWE, and he'd won titles in basically every promotion you can think of that isn't WWE. He's been like the top guy in every promotion he's ever been in, but had never come to the WWE. And he was generally seen as like, he's what not what WWE likes. He's small, by WWE standards. Wait, who he's is small? fast. AJ Styles. That's small? Yeah, this is WWE we're talking about, who hire people like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> well, I know, but I still swear to God, in the tiny, like, bits I've seen, I've seen, like, I felt like those two looked like two of the biggest guys I've ever seen, but clearly I just haven't watched a lot then, if he's small. Things have changed these days, to be fair, and I know you watch a lot of, like, NXT stuff, and things have changed now, but when he came in, he was very much seen as, like, for a long time, he was, like, the anti- WWE guy, people thought he'd never joined the WWE, and he did, and instantly got put into a feud with John Cena, the WWE guy. You know what I mean? Like when you think WWE these days, John Cena comes to mind. He is the face for most people. I have a a funny quick story on that note. I was telling Hanzo before we started watching the match when I realized what one he wanted to start the podcast with. because, of course, like, now that I know who John Cena is, yeah, he's one of the first people that comes to mind. But for the longest time, uh, both of us stream on Twitch just for fun as a hobby. And so when I would go watch other things, a lot of people had, like, the John Cena, like, sound effect as, like, an audio command or, like, an alert or, like, just it. he's used a lot for meme reasons in Twitch chat. And for the longest time... Like, there was something, he just kept coming up, so finally I was like, who is John Cena? And everyone would be like, you don't know who John Cena is? But they would never answer me. So for three months, just no one would tell me who this guy was and why I was supposed to know him. And I'm like, I could Google him, but where's the fun in that? So I just was like, the biggest noob on the internet who didn't know <laughs> Did you who now the fuck engage he was. in do-do-do-do memes. 
Not, not so much that, just whenever there's, like, things about names, the whole, yeah. his name is Troy Cena is fun. Even though I don't like wrestling, I just, yeah, I engage in the meme, because it's funny. But my next note, too, but that was, I literally wrote in capital letters, who the fuck brings children to a wrestling match? Because they're showing the crowd. People, there's there's people holding, like, their three-year-old, like, on their shoulders, like, what the... I, again, I know it's not real violence or anything, but this might tie back to, again, the bias I was raised with and how my parents were so, it glorifies violence, it glorifies violence. My parents are, like, the world's biggest pacifists and stuff like that. So I was just like, it, even though I know, I don't think, like, at at base level, like, if you maybe have a really low intelligence, yeah, it promotes violence. But, like, obviously, the majority of people that watch wrestling know it's fake and know it's, like, it's a, it's a, athletic soap opera it's drama it's the same as going to watch a theater show with like sword fighting or a lot of violence or watching a martial arts movie but still i would still not bring a kid to it at that young an age also just because even violence aside is loud people are going to be swearing and screaming they're just like yeah fuck him up or whatever like that's just such a why that's not an environment for a kid nowadays uh wwe is trying to appeal to kids a lot more because they actually made their promote they made their product pg and it was actually like a real big change where they they changed the whole product so it was like no blood anymore a lot less weapons no swearing and it was also they could get a pg rating and aim at kids a lot more because they make a lot of money from children buying like toys and stuff I agree, but I just feel um, like at its core value, it's like, even if you remove yeah. all that stuff, it's PG on paper, but the spirit of the event, it's not PG. It's well, there not. are some really bad incidents of children been at events. Like, just off the top of my head, I'll give you one example. Is Mankind vs. The Rock. Um, they had a match where... The ma- it was an I quit match, so the winner could only win if the opponent actually said into a microphone, I quit. And at one point in The Rock... In the match, The Rock handcuffed Mankind's hands behind his back so he couldn't defend himself. With real handcuffs? Yes. Like, not just his hands? Like, he had metal handcuffs on? Yeah, he actually had handcuffs on. Okay. And then started just repeatedly hitting him in the head with a steel chair. And for the record, those chair shots they do, they used to do all the time to the head, were not fake. They actually just picked up a metal chair and hit each other in the head. And Fuck. it resulted in many, many, many concussions. I was gonna as you say. Can imagine. So they are now banned. Nobody hits each other in heads with chairs anymore. They do like hit each other on the flat of the back and stuff, where it hurts still, obviously, but it's not gonna cause any long term damage. Yeah. But The Rock hit mankind like seven times, I think it was, in the head, unprotected, with a steel chair while his hands were tied behind his back. Mankind had his wife and kids in the audience. The camera showed their reaction. They were not happy bunnies. They were crying their eyes out. His wife was distraught. Well, yeah, you're watching your husband get concussed. And for all you know, it could be beyond concussion. What if he gets brain damage? What Mm -hmm. if he gets like, fuck? Yeah, so kids at wrestle events is it. Um... So, but going back to, like, the big match thing is, like, so this one did have a bit of, like, legitimate, it was sort of a big match, because it was this guy who for a long time was seen as the sort of anti-WWE, who was the spirit of, like, everything that isn't WWE. He's fast, he's agile, you know, he works very, like, an athletic style rather than just sort of a slow brute force-based style. He's worked in every company that isn't WWE and stuff like that. 
against John Cena, the face mm-hmm. of WWE. So yeah. it did actually have some credence as been like a historic match. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I do agree that, you know, it is clearly just a market. Like, they say it for every match because it's just, that's marketing. <laughs> I, well, yeah. Uh, the next thing in my notes that I was like, this will probably piss off some wrestling fans because I'm sure there are lots of, you know, hardcore macho bros that watch wrestling. Because the thing that, like, the thing that I enjoy most about wrestling matches ties to my theater background because I don't, uh, I don't work on stage anymore. Everyone knows I'm not a performer. I am a stage manager and technician. I work backstage. So I do a lot of like lighting and sound and stuff. So I like watching their walk-ons. I like watching the projections, the lighting, the sound choices, and just the production value of wrestling and the tech side. So comparing AJ and John Cena's intro, AJ's like graphics and his lighting and his intro, I'm like, hey, this looks a lot like the Taylor Swift reputation tour I went to this summer. <laughs> So literally, I was like, I wonder how he'd feel thinking I'm comparing this like giant major wrestler dude to Taylor Swift. It just made me chuckle in my head. Did you like the thing AJ does with his gloves where they both have like different stuff on them and then when he holds them together, it says it has like... Oh, I never noticed. Oh, it's it's cool. Um, (laughs) So I actually had two notes here, two questions I wanted to ask you and they fit into where your notes are currently. So I'll ask them now. And the first one was, what did you think of, like, the pre-match video they showed recapping the feud? Oh, my God. Just, like, the thing is, I don't think it did a great job for people like me. I totally wrote notes. So which one am I supposed to be rooting for? I wasn't sure because I feel like it was John Cena. And John Cena was, like, the good guy, for lack of a better word. Because the way James talked about saying it's, like, most matches, there's, a in quotation marks, a good guy and a bad guy. Like, the one the that's the clear... The wrestling terms for that are heel and face. The yes. heel been the bad guy, face been the good guy. He did tell me that. And so for a while, I was like, okay, I think it's John Cena is the face, because he keep calling him face of WWE, so they're using the word. And even his his branding, like when he walked on, his colors are red, white, and blue, and all-American. His shirt looks like a Budweiser label. Like, it's very all-American wholesome was the vibes I got, even though it's wrestling, from his intro. But at the same time... Like, AJ was just talking so much shit, and the feud video, they both were kind of, their behavior was very similar, so I was like, and I also wasn't sure, is it just my bias, having seen John Cena pulling a rock and making his way into cinematic and mainstream entertainment, like, my John Cena go-to is not wrestling, I think of him in the movie Cockblockers that I saw last summer, (laughs) which was really funny, um, like, I think of him as an actor before I think of him as a wrestler, which is really weird. So I was like, is this just my bias because I know him and I like him that I want him to be the good guy? So I genuinely wasn't sure that in their little intro video, I don't think for an outsider of the, the sport, did a good job. And it, it just, again, it just felt quintessential OTT. I was like, did, did, did he, they insult your mother? Like, did he kill your cat? Like, why are we, why are we so upset? I don't understand. I I also didn't know where it came from. I'm like, I get that they have beef, but how did it start? And that's the thing that I most like to know in the story. So I didn't like that I didn't have the answer to that question by the end. Yeah. So um, to answer you, like the question you had is John Cena is the face. He always has been for like almost his entire WWE career. Like a lot of people wish he would just like turn heel eventually, but he sort of never has done. He's always been a face. 
Which is very fitting with how John Cena is in real life because uh, in case he's like, most people aren't aware of this, but um, he actually has done the most Make-A-Wish, like granted the most wishes via the Make-A-Wish Foundation of anyone on Earth in history. And he le he has done more than double the next highest. Like he is just a legitimate sort of that nice makes guy. Me happy. I was like, because he seems but, like it in interviews and like yeah. in other stuff, but and, obviously. And, and a lot of like like uh, some of that uh, like at least uh, I, like as a wrestling sort of fan, I picked up on in the promo with him saying like I'm here for love. You know what I mean? Like I love seeing all the fans happy faces and stuff like that. Like I'm here for love. What are you here for and stuff like that. Oh, the other thing about the intros, sorry to interrupt you, but that got me, was AJ was asking, or someone mentioned, I don't know if it was a commentator or AJ directly, talking about the whole, oh, you're going mainstream now, like you're going to leave WWE, and he had his whole little inspirational, of course not, like WWE is my home. I'm like, no shit, Sherlock, to me it seems such an obvious question, because even if he does become like the next rock and never has to wrestle again, it's just getting like movie after movie and brand deal, whatever it's just such a disservice to the serv the, the place that got him there and his fans. Yeah. Like, I don't think he'd be stupid enough to just, just like, still dip. still does wrestling stuff. Like, he still talks to WWE and stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. he hasn't forgotten. So I thought that that whole mm. little bit of the intro was pretty stupid because it seems but, like, no shit, Sherlock. He's never going to quit WWE entirely. I'm not too surprised that you sort of struggle to turn sort of face heel, though, because although John Cena was, like, the face, AJ at that time was what, we sort of like to call a cool heel where he's meant to be the bad guy and stuff but he just acts so sort of like cool that you can't help but like him you know what yeah because I mean? he like... also didn't seem like a bad bad like the bits of nxt i watched with james like it was so like people were just being kind of douchey like you know mm -hmm. with like verbally and then there was a lot more of like their blows in the arena ma yeah. being made to look as like underhanded or like oh well that's just a kind of yeah. low well, blow they sh they showed a bit of that with uh, AJ having his mouth yeah but a lot of the his heelish stuff was literally just um a lot of his stuff was just you know I'm better than you and been smug and never like yeah exactly um, but did you think the video was like sort of like well made um, i don't know like it wasn't bad really mm -hmm. made but like it doesn't uh, i didn't really care i was indifferent it didn't really leave much of an impression mm -hmm. on me i was like whatever i was gonna say the reason i brought it up was um traditionally for wrestling fans that's one of the like, WWE gets a lot of hate for various things, but that's one of the things that people generally really like about WWE is how sort of well-made those video packages are. Because the people who make them, this who, who have this editing team they have who makes them, somehow, no, like, most WWE TV is sort of, like, garbage and a lot of their feuds will, like, make no sense and go on way too long and stuff like that. Yet... When these video packages come out, the editing team will somehow make it look like this incredible, in-depth, heated feud. And it's like, how on earth did you do that? Like, what is this magic? Yeah. Um, so generally, that's one thing that WWE gets a lot of praise for, is like their sort of pre-match video package. I just thought, you know, it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on that as someone who, you know, obviously hasn't seen I definitely think... I, I can't say why. I definitely feel like I've seen from a little bit. I've seen some better ones. Like that one. That one was just a bit underwhelming. And I I was excited because I was hoping I have no idea what we're gonna watch. Like I have no context or backstory. 
but it didn't really satisfy that need or I guess a vibe. And the second question I had of uh, so for like this sort of time period in your notes was uh, what did you think of their actual like entrances like the entrance music the lighting the pyro the the music for John Cena just of course immediately I'm just going full meme in my head and like jamming out in my chair but that's not because of anything they that's just because of the meme status it has reached on the internet you know uh his like I said, other I enjoyed it because like I said, it reminded me of Taylor Swift's reputation tour. The font that was scrolling by is like identical on her album. The color scheme, and he had some cool pyro. And her tour opens with like this really awesome pyro number. So I I liked AJ's more than John's, but it might be because of again I was making comparisons to something else I really liked a lot. I definitely think um, I've seen better but when i say i've seen better it's because i i saw entrances to a wrestlemania once which i think is like the biggest event of the year right or something yeah wrestlemania is like and that's like the 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 walk down there is also like just that much longer and it's in like an outdoor arena and shit so from a technical standpoint i'm always more impressed with those um but yeah i thought it was pretty cool did john cena run down that massive entryway (laughs) yeah like he pretty... does not look like he should be able to run that fast. <laughs> I know, because he, he looks like... Because his torso is just so big. And I'm sure he's proportionate, but it makes his legs almost look a bit too short for his body. So I felt like he shouldn't have... Yeah, it was pretty funny. Anyway, back to your notes. Um, next thing, I was like, Barclays Center, isn't that where the OWL finals were? As in Overwatch League? Because I'm such a... I don't know if it was. I just know the Overwatch League finals for season one, the building had Barclays in the title. So it was sponsored by... Barclays, but I don't know if it was the same one. Obviously, they have many, like, venues all over the place. Oh, and then I also meet they're commenting on their costumes, because theater, backstage, I've, I do costuming. Um, I said, AJ's wrestling costume is much cooler. John's is very redneck, because it's just, like, jean shorts and sneakers, whereas AJ's actually looks like, you know, like, leggings with a, a design and a logo on them, like, much more traditional. I, I'm very much, this is one of the things where I actually immediately buy into of all the wrestling paraphernalia if they have like a cooler looking even at the if it's a bit silly outfit i'm much more likely to cheer for them just because i'm a person who's very about aesthetic (laughs) so like my favorite other wrestlers in the few things i've seen one was velveteen dream who is Mm -hmm. very aesthetic based and then i can't remember her name now but it was like an asian wrestler who has like a female wrestler who had like a pirate aesthetic and she had cool hair color that one so again i'm all about that visual and john just looked very basic bitch so um so your opinions there are very much in line with the actual wrestling communities who give john cena a lot of shit for wrestling in jaws yeah like hey look in one way i'm like an actual wrestling fan yeah you you don't <laughs> like john cena's jaws join us <laughs> join no. us it's also because they're a weird length like they look mm. like bathing suit they're very long and i just felt like and jeans are not stretchy movable fun materials i'm also like wasn't that uncomfortable we like... also got a random glimpse of john cena's boxes in this match they made a guest appearance <laughs> And then the next one after that is, oh, look up backwards, hug, how cute. Because the match started off so slow, it was like them just holding on to each other for a long time. And I'm like, and then that, and then I just started making so many notes. And I highlighted every one of my notes that involves, like, homoerotic subtext. <laughs> and there's so many of them. Because the, the, the total notes I have about it is like, why is he making him suck his nipple and moaning? AJ, are you turned on right now? 
and then oh, AJ is feeling himself right now, and then AJ's feeling up John's nipples again. Now he's just face-planted in Cena's crotch, hashtag no homo. Again, AJ, all up in his dick, get your face out of there. Then face and crotch again, AJ, this is the fourth time. Okay, now John's hands are in AJ's crotch, maybe it's reciprocal. Like, just so many. Just so, so many notes. I, I've got a theory on this. <clears throat> and this might get a bit of a a controversial reaction when this goes online, if people listen to it. Yeah, I know, right? But YOLO, I'm just going to throw it out here, is I believe, you know, you've seen stuff from, like, the early, early days of wrestling, where it was all, like, Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man, Randy Savage, and they're all the biggest dudes on the fucking planet, and they're all just flexing their muscles all the time and calling themselves, like, Macho Man and talking about <laughs> brother and hey, man, and, you know, and all this <laughs> stuff. I actually think that the reason... In the early days, it was so sort of over-the-top manly was because they were sort of ashamed of the sort of homoerotic undertones. Like, to try cover up the homoeroticness of it, yeah. they just went overboard on the manliness. That's just my theory. No, that makes sense. And clearly, we, they've taken a departure from that. Because uh, mm-hmm. even, like I mentioned, Velveteen Dream, uh, in real it's life, like it, it, his, yeah, his character is very fa- flamboyant and very much, like, you know, has the aesthetic of a stereotypical, like, gay male and stuff. And I know that the real, I don't know his name, but the real guy is, is not. He's just a straight dude. But it's the character. You go with it. Um, it just makes me laugh. So because, and then I wrote, I wrote a note that I crossed it out. Because I was like, I wonder if John never has any, because for a while it was always AJ. AJ was always, like, face in his crotch, holding his crotch. Like, literally at one point, like, literally moaned while it looked like John Cena's face was just, like, being forced into his nipples. Um, but then I was like, John never does any of this. I wonder if it's because he's, like, one of the faces of wrestling. It's like, no, he used to be our golden boy. Therefore, just going back to very older um, throwbacks to, again, no, like, no, again, hashtag no homo, can't be gay, can't be gay. Because uh, John never did any of that. And his none of his moves... Had anything I saw, but then later in the match, he did at one point have a move where he looked like he was literally holding the guy's crotch in some weird submission. So then I was like, I crossed it out. I was like, okay, clearly, no, we can both have homoerotic moments. It's fine. But for a while, I wondered if it was still like, there's still a little bit of the old school wrestling mentality in there. And when, of course, just in general, the social context of mm-hmm. like anything about LGBT just being less marketable, less acceptable, whatever. So, um, well, Nowadays, things are totally different because they yeah. even have, like, they have a guy called Finn Balor on the roster who his whole gimmick is that he is, like, an LGBT supporter and, like, he has this thing called the Balor Club and he says that it's open to everyone and anyone can join and he supports peoples of all, like, genders and sexualities and everything like that. And, like, his whole gimmick is that he is, like, you know, LGBTQ and stuff like that. So they're very much like they don't care about that stuff anymore and like nobody sort of cares about the homoerotic undertones of wrestling anymore like it's you know because they're not trying so hard to make it look like we're not gay you know what I mean like because they're not trying to act as not gay as possible yeah it draws less attention to the homoerotic undertones you know what I mean like it has like it's, it's reverse psychology you know what I mean yeah exactly also really liked because then at one point but after that, the match, the the crowd turned his interest like the John Cena sucks, and we're like got like the whole crowd chanting it. I thought that was kind of clever. I was like ten points to the crowd, ten out of ten. But then later, the crowd's all cheering for him again. So I was like, y'all are fickle as fuck. <laughs> like, 
So I was going to ask you about that. That was going to be one of my questions. What did you think of the John Cena sucks chance? It made me chuckle. Um, it was one of my so favourite parts. A bit of context to that is that um, they actually originated when, um, for a very, very long time, John Cena was pushed at the very top of every single card. He main evented everything. And it, he got the nickname like Super Cena because nobody beat him. Ever. No matter what. And people hated him at that bit. He was still meant to be a good guy, but he just got booed all the time. People yelled at him that he couldn't wrestle. People yelled at him that he sucked and stuff. Because it was just so boring. It was always so predictable. Every card would have John Cena main event and John Cena would win regardless of who he was up against. There was no drama, nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people hated that. So they started chanting, John Cena sucks. Oh. And now... People actually quite like John Cena because he's in a more like he don't wrestle often, he main events less often, and like he's willing to put other people over and lose matches and stuff. So yeah, now, yeah, like he clearly actually... lost the in the match yeah. we watched, which and I was, was shocked was about. Yeah, it was clean. It was a clean loss. You know what I mean? He even hit his like big super move and still lost. Yeah, it was very well done in that because like uh, James talked about it once that he thinks more often than not. Uh, WWE is getting very good at even when their big guys lose, setting them up so they don't look weak and they don't like lose face or lose credit. Because as they set up for, he had his big super move. He tried it four times. The whole look of shit, that was my finisher. I literally don't know how to beat this guy. Like, and the match went on for forever. Although that that bug was one of my notes. I feel like I said watching this is like playing Alien Isolation all over again. And for anyone who doesn't know, that's one of the only games I've ever rage quit on my stream. And I was 80% of the way through the game. And I knew I was 80% of the way through the game. But I was just so goddamn mad. Because the whole game, the story's so repetitive. It's like, find new part of ship. Restore power to said part of ship. Oh, look, there's aliens. Hide from the aliens. And then they set it up. Like, the story looks like you're done. And as the emotional payoff, as if you think you beat the game, the storytelling payoff. And then they're like, surprise, there's more. And that's what it felt like watching... To me, almost any wrestling match, which is one of my other problems with this form of entertainment, there's just so many kickouts and so many, I'm like, oh my god, just freaking end already. Like, this is just dumb. And it's not, it doesn't feel always worth the payoff at the end to me. That one was bordering on. I was like, all right, I'm a little less mad by the end because they set it up pretty well. And then they had their super melodramatic, but still kind of cute of like John taking off his never give up wristband and like kissing it and leaving it in the ring and being like, I have been defeated, but with honor. And just like, mm. it was just so soap so, opera-y, but not in a bad way. But for the most part, I can't deal with just how long. Or not, it'd be yeah. fine if they were long, but with less kickouts and less attempted pins. I feel like they try yeah. too many times and it's unrealistic. So... There's a few things I, uh, I was going to go on about here. So, yeah, the, the, so the John Cena sucks chance. They originated back in the days when people actually disliked him. Now people do sort of like him. They still just chant it because it's a John Cena sucks chance. Um, but I was actually going to ask you about, like, your thoughts on sort of the f what, the, what they call false finishes. You know, um, and wrestling fans hate, like, the super obvious false finishes. Like, when someone hits just, like, a really basic move three minutes into the match and tries pin the person. It's like, what do you expect to happen there? Like, no one is going to buy into that as the end of a match. You know what I mean? But the thing is, like, as an experienced wrestling fan, you learn quite well what's going to be a false finish and what's going to be the actual finish. 
So what I was going to ask you is, like, how did you feel about, like, did you buy into any of the, like, false finishes? No, like... not at all. And that's why they bugged me. I'm mm-hmm. like, this is, clearly it's still going to go on for forever, just because it's what they do. And, like, the the one the one at the end that finally finished it, I knew it was because of the whole, literally, John Cena giving up. And the look of defeat, not giving up in a bad way, but, like, for the storyline, giving up. Um, everything before was just annoying but it's also what Bugshead wrote a note to for once I would just love to see someone kick out on the one instead of the like two almost three just for drama and for attention because I'm like we know you're gonna kick out we know you're gonna just stop prolonging this nonsense um so to give you an example from a very very recent match um which is from New Japan uh Omega versus Tanahashi spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched it yet there is a moment where Kenny Omega uses Tanahashi's finishing move on Tanahashi, and Tanahashi just like as soon as he starts pinning him, as soon as the ref counts one, he just kicks out and stands up, and he's like totally out on his feet. He's still selling, like he's he's sort of stumbling around all over the place, but it's just like he refused to be pinned by his own move. You know what I mean? Like he would not let that happen. Yeah. And I thought that was like, you know, that like that's sort of what you were talking about. You know, when that's done occasionally, that can be really, really good. But obviously, it's, it's like like in all things, you've got to have a balance. You know what I mean? You can't I think it'd be a great plot twist if one time they did have a finish of the match ended five minutes in. You're just like, what? Whoa. Yeah. I think they, it'd be cool. They sometimes do. Another example is they uh, oh, had really? like a, a Brock Lesnar-Goldberg match. And it was super hyped up because like those two are both massive scary men who just squash <laughs> everybody and also it was goldberg's return to the company after being gone for like 10 years or something so it's super hyped up two absolute monsters fighting each other and they always squash everyone else so like what are they going to do when they fight each other you know yeah. what i mean and it was like the main event for a huge card i can't remember the card off the top of my head but it was the main event for a huge card and then goldberg defeated brock lesnar in two minutes Damn. and everyone was like what the fuck just happened? <laughs> what was that? Yeah. And literally, the, the internet blew up in response to that. Like, people lost their minds because nobody saw that coming. Like, why would you book a match that big with two super expensive dudes and then end it in two minutes? Like, what? I'd have mixed feelings with that thing because I, I would, I think, in the moment, I'd be annoyed if I was a hardcore fan. Like I said, these are two massive like we we wanted mm-hmm. to see a show but then after the fact i would be able to respect and love the surprise value of yeah. that but the other thing uh i wrote and it goes back to just even though we're faking combat the whole there's still some times where i can't suspend disbelief this far um the but it was like oh my god he's propping aj on the ropes like a child like aj became a rag doll and john cena's like literally moving limb at a time like leg leg arm like getting him to sit in the corner so he can pick mm. him up and do the fireman whatever but then as soon as he does it and all of a sudden aj just like fights back and gets like some awesome i don't remember what he did but he got some awesome hit and knocked him out i'm like why how do you go from rag doll one minute to this and it, it could be maybe it's like oh i was faking it to get him to do it and then but it didn't feel like that it just felt stupid and there was a lot of moments like that where one of them would just go from looking like they're like dead man walking like barely conscious to boom i'm gonna like punch you in the face and run off the ropes and whatever and that just bugged me but yeah so regarding what you say going back to the false finishes is a complaint that a lot of like big WWE matches get. 
And this one got it. And these two actually had a rematch uh, at the next year's Royal Rumble. And that match was even worse for it. A lot of people complained about that match. Is the idea of, like, finisher spam happens a lot in WWE. Like, AJ just does Styles Clash after Styles Clash after Styles Clash. Phenomenal forearm after Phenomenal forearm. John Cena hits Attitude Adjustment after Attitude Adjustment. I'm going like, to pretend the, I know what those are. Uh, the Attitude <laughs> Adjustment was, like, the big slam... You know oh. that John Cena kept trying to do off the top rope after he hit it normally. Okay. And AJ kicked out. That's yeah. like. Uh, so this is another thing I was actually going to ask you on is: Did you pick up on the idea that wrestlers have like signature and finishing moves? I knew that going into this match, mm-hmm. just from again from the people I have dated who are into wrestling, but like yeah. I couldn't tell you the names of any of them. And watching it, I I found it very clear by the end what John Cena's was. The pick mm-hmm. em up, like fireman style, they just like chuck them or land on them. Yeah. But I couldn't, I don't think I could tell you what AJ's was after watching uh, that match. So he has two. Um, one is called the Styles Clash, which is where he gets like John Cena's legs over his shoulders, then puts his oh, legs around his Oh, that's the ones arm. where I was like, why is your face in his dick again? And then like face plants <laughs> him onto the floor. Which looks really fucking painful because you're landing face first on the floor with another man's weight on top of you. Yeah. It looks so painful. And it, um, so that's his finisher. And then he has another called the Phenomenal Forearm, where he does like a springboard off the top rope and then forearms the person. It's actually the move he ended the match with, where oh, okay. he did like, uh, before he did it, he took his elbow pad off. You know, like, oh, like just I'm going to make extra this, intensity. Yeah, I'm going to make this one hurt even more. Taking off my padding that I probably shouldn't wear in the first place because I elbow people for a living. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they they all have like these finishes and signature moves, and generally, you know, like when one of them hit them, like I don't know if you picked up on it, but when one of them hit their finishing moves, the commentators would go crazy. You know what I mean? They'd be like, he hit it, he hit it, the stars clash, and it's you know because that's meant to be like what they use to finish moves. But in this yeah. match. AJ kicked out of an AA, he kicked out of an avalanche AA, John Cena kicked out of a phenomenal forearm, he kicked out of a Styles Clash, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they, they, like, later on in WWE matches or main events, they tend to just become the two people sort of spamish, spamming their special moves. It's yeah. like Street Fighter, where both of them are just like spamming Hadoukens <laughs> over and over again at each other, you know what I yeah. mean? Like... And a lot of people complain about that, how towards the end of matches they just start spamming the same moves over and over again, just like the big moves, trying to get the win, and it's like, uh, that's not good wrestling. <laughs> yeah. I said like, the one, I think my favourite move, and I wrote like the most, uh, I think to me that stood out as one of the biggest moments of like athleticism and not faking it. Um, again, I wish I could had better names for it. Uh it looked like he was running. I don't know if he was running at him or he just went up to grab him, but AJ went to go get up in John's face and John's like picked him up and like full on from the ground over shoulders and just fucking chucked him like across, like beh- chucked him behind, look like not oh, even looking yes. over his shoulders. It was pretty early-ish uh, on. Yeah, probably. Cause, like Cause it looked like, it's just because he was like, it didn't even like, he didn't even bend over to get him or anything. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't even use his legs, which of course I've done all of my manual handling training. I do a lot of heavy <laughs> lifting in theater. So he couldn't even bend down to use his quads and his legs for the lift. He was just, it's all back and just, just whipped not, the guy. And back, I was like, belly drop, back body drop or something like that. Um, it's, that's a really like sort of old school wrestling move. You just, yeah. just fling someone in the air. There's no, yeah. there's no like, there's no, you know, 
finesse to it or anything like that. Well, I, it's old them. school, but it's like, <laughs> that's not a thing you could fake. Like, punches, kicks, there's, I, mm-hmm. I learned stage combat. I know how you fake those. But anything like that. A, it's just because AJ got an impressive amount of air. It just made John Cena look like the Hulk. And and then, like, obviously, you're still fall, flying through the air and then landing. You can't fake the impact. All you can do is, like, obviously, they learn tricks to absorb as much of the impact as possible, but, but it's still, still you're gonna take some, mass. yeah, you're still gonna take some impact, so I was like, damn. And, and actually, there is a there is a benefit to, like, dabbing an older move, is that because it's so, sort of, old school, you never see it anymore, which means that when they brought it out, it's like, whoa, you know, that's different, you know what I mean? Like, and it's not, it's like an old move that's existed for a hell of a long time, but because it's, like, fallen sort of out of fashion, it now becomes, like, if you throw it in a match randomly like that, it stands out, you know what I mean? Because it's something nobody else is doing. You know what I mean? And it's good. Diversity is good. Yeah, the rest of my notes, we've pretty much already touched on just more notes of when they're giving them like you know their backs to you and you're giving them mm-hmm. forever headbutting is stupid this dude's like literally they're just taking their sweet time and blah 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 um the only and the matches being so prolonged or they do get some impressive air in this sport whenever they're like jumping off of shit mm. i'm like i swear to god they defy gravity sometimes did you like Those ropes are bouncy. 450 flip yeah that was cool wait face bonded into the mic. yeah <laughs> And then another story in capitalized. This was right before the end, right before AJ won, because uh, it was John Cena did his like extra air, like from the top rope, finishing whatever, and AJ kicked it. And but then and he, when he kicked out, so John Cena's in the corner looking like someone stole his puppy, and AJ is on the ropes, like struggling to pull himself up, like breathing heavily. Looks like he's dead, and they're both just like, "Oh, we're both just so done. I don't know what to do." And then wrote, and yet he wins. Not gonna lie, didn't didn't see that coming. Okay, and I I did realize at the end I had expected John Cena to win the whole time, even though I don't know anything about either of them. So I, I I'm not sure whether I liked liked the the like of the surprise outweighed my disappointment of but it's John Cena and just wanting him to win. <laughs> I don't know. And then I just wrote the leaving behind the wristband is like Damon saying goodbye to Elena and the Vampire Diaries for the level of melodrama. Mm. And the level of, like, forced emotion. It was and I was like, oh my god. I thought it was, like, a cool little bit of story. Well, it wasn't melodramatic in a bad way. Like, that's yeah. one of my favorite parts in Vampire Diaries, when Damon thinks Elena's, or he's about to die. And so he's to say goodbye to Elena over the phone, and then it's like, surprise, you're not dead. And but... I also like how it's storytelling without saying a word. Like, it's not like he stood there and cut a promo or anything like that. You know what I mean? It was all done without saying Yeah, exactly. And that's and then I only have one thing left in my notes, mm-hmm. but it's actually a question I had for you, and it might Ooh. be cool to end on. So if you have anything else you want to talk, I do. About. I have um, some other stuff, which is uh, what did you think of the character? Most of the time, I didn't mind, but every so often, whenever they get an angle that just clearly shows the faking of it, like it always it always bugs me because I'm like the first thing we learned in when we're doing stage combat after we learn the basic moves, it's like okay now if you're doing this move, you have to be in this position to your audience so they don't see it. And obviously when you're watching live, it's a 360 arena, so there's, you can never hide it from everyone, so they're not gonna try. But the camera, you can, you have control over this. So why why are we putting the camera where I can clearly see there's like like inches of air between his fist and his face and i'm seeing him hit his chest to make the impact noise when you can cheat that 
and it like it wasn't often and I wasn't noticing it a lot but whenever I do notice it immediately pulled me out any chance of me starting to buy into it and starting to maybe maybe like get into the story they're telling I was immediately pulled back out so a uh, uh, lazy camera work bugs me the the reason I asked this um is sort of a leading question is that uh, in the wrestling community WWE gets a lot of shit for its camera work because they do a lot of like very shaky sort of handheld cameras that look really jarring and disorientating. They do a lot of like, I don't know if you noticed it, just random zooming in and out just all the time. And yeah. then also they cut the camera every two seconds. It does jump around a lot. And the people hate... There, there was once, there was an infamous moment that someone posted online. It was from a, like just one of the episodes of Raw where the camera cut 34 times in 37 seconds. Oh my god. <laughs> They're just like, obsessed with cuts. <laughs> I, was like, I, think, I think they do it to try and be like, it'll feel more like an action movie if yeah. we cut more, it like raises tension, but it's like only to a point. It gets obscene. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like you're a YouTuber trying to make like be fancy like you know you watch a youtube video and the person has just used so many jump cuts Mm. for like some sort of impact or effect and you're like dude stop i have whiplash and also it's actually um so this guy once did a really amazing breakdown of jackie chan's films and what makes them so good and one thing he talked about is that when you go from watching like hollywood films all the hand-to-hand fights in hollywood films look so fake and it's so hard to tell what's even going on in half of them and it's because it's all super close up, super zoomed in, you know what I mean? Like, and cuts constantly. And, pardon me. Um, and then one thing he talked about with Jackie Chan films and Asian sort of martial art films in general is that they have the camera just zoomed out at a nice distance and don't cut and just let the two stunt guys choreograph a fight. And also, if they if they're cutting around less, you're less likely to catch those angles. Like I said, where it just exposes some of the fake hits yeah. and some of the cheesy moments. I'm like, dude, calm, calm down. Just let us let us sit back and enjoy a thing. That's one of the times where I think it might be more fun to watch live than because a lot of sports. I'm uh, controversial opinion because I've gone to lots of sporting events live. My mom's family was raised on football they're from southern u.s football's practically religion so i've gone to lots of live football games i go to watch baseball games in toronto all the time because i'm a blue jays fan and like baseball and football even though i can't see as much going on i prefer to go live because just because the atmosphere yeah. and then like the drama getting caught up in the emotion of it and some of the crowd gimmicks are fun also i'm just a, a like, massive like foodie chan- so i just go to eat chan- all the junk food <laughs> yeah exactly but then some sports, most sports, I'm the opposite. I still want to watch on... T- I'd rather watch on TV because you can actually see what's going on. Like, I've gone to see figure skating live, and that kind of sucks because I can't see a lot of the detail work up close. Uh, going to watch... I, I'm, I'm a bad Canadian. I don't watch or like a lot of hockey, but uh, what, I, I would not want to see a hockey game live because I cannot keep track of, like, even watching on TV is where the puck goes. The puck is so small on a big thing of ice. Anyway, there's so many things I just feel like when on TV and being able to, like, zoom in and control, you can get a lot more of the finesse in the sport. Wrestling is not one of them. I think it would be cooler 
to go live. Uh, except maybe the one thing, like, WrestleMania that's so big, it's like a sports arena. If you're sitting in the nosebleeds, I'm like, how are you really seeing anything? I guess they have the Jumbotrons, yeah, and you're more watching screens. on that, but still. Um, and also another thing is that um, I think that high definition hurts wrestling. <clears throat> like, high definition is normally a great thing, but for wrestling, it doesn't do it any favors. I don't know. I think it does favors for the female fan base that watch wrestling, and I will I will say that. <laughs> Although one thing, oh, this is a note from earlier ties to that I kind of goes in with the high definition. I enjoyed about this match as well, and one of my biggest pet peeves, for, again, going back to that aesthetic um, topic and how I'm so much more likely... I hate that, like, the core aesthetic of so many male wrestlers is long-ass, sweaty, wet, greasy hair. Because, um, number one, long hair when your whole career is fighting, obviously no one will resort to, like, girly hair pulling in a match. But it still just feels wrong to me to have that as a disadvantage. But it's still, even though it's against the rules, I don't know, just the spirit of it bugs me. But also because it's long and because... Who decided that looking like your hair is unwashed and greasy and sweaty is hot, is the aesthetic? Like, watching all, the, the dude whose name I never remember that looks like Jason Momoa that my ex loved. Uh, Roman Reigns, I think his yeah. name is. Yeah. And so many people who are, like, these quintessential hotties of wrestling. I'm like, to me, you look dirty, you look like you need a shower, and your hair's gonna get sweaty anyway, because y'all get sweaty as hell when you're all up on each other's business and, like, flying around and running around and kicking out of things. So... High definition, it bugs me even more. So you can just see this nasty-ass oil they put in their hair so that their hair stays greasy. Because also, if it's just water, their hair dries. So it's like some nasty shit they put in male. So I like this match because AJ came in with short, clean hair, and John Cena's basically bald. So I enjoyed that. Um, John Cena had some very random cuts into his hair with seemingly no pattern to them. Oh, yeah. Um, so my other question I had was, what did you think of the commentary for the match? Uh, most of the time, I liked it. I wrote down occasional moments when it got a little cringe. I was like, oh, like when AJ did the thing that got uh, both of them out of the arena for a while, and he landed on his back, and they're like, oh, realigned his spine. I'm like, okay, come on. No, he did it. He'd be paralyzed. Like, calm down. Stop that. And, like, they would say things that would just be so cringe. Most of the time... They, I think they were just serving the narrative and reinforcing the story that they wanted to be told. Like, that whole built-up at the end of John Cena just being so overwhelmed and defeated. And, like, I've tried all my moves and I'm this guy just keeps going and I've got nothing left. And they were building, feeding into that. But occasionally they would just say cringe things. And at the end, I thought they were just playing so hard into the whole this is career-defining for AJ. And I feel like they said career-defining like nine times. They might not have, but it just felt like they just kept saying it. Like, we get it. Okay, calm down. Uh, that happens with WWE commentary because they have like these buzz mm-hmm. after. Uh, one, there was one bit that you won't have picked up on, but I need to mention it because it drove me insane as a wrestling <laughs> fan. It was AJ Styles did an Ushiguroshi. Which is basically, it's like John Cena's thing, where you start them in a sort of fireman's carry style thing, and then you flip them over, but you land them onto your knee. That sounds so, like it so would hurt. So it's like similar to, you know, John Cena's, but with the difference of you land onto the perfect. Right? Yeah. The commentators, all except one, they had four commentators for some bizarre reason. I don't know why you need four commentators. Um, but they had four, 
and three out of them were going, he used John Cena's own move. He's trying to win with John Cena's own move. How humiliating. <laughs> and only one of the commentators actually went, he hit an Ushiguroshi. He learnt that in Japan. That's a different move. Only one of them knew that it was a different move. These yeah, are that wrestling seems commentators. They should know these things. <laughs> yeah. Also just seems kind of just rude to whoever did make up that move and like the Japanese wrestling just now we're gonna say our American like all American boy who looks like a walking beer ad it's his move now I'm like okay uh, so um what was your last question for all right me? my question for you because again the thing that I learned that got me out of my judgmental like uh, only wrestling is for stupid people like blah 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 biased opinion is wrestling is very much a performance like i said it's a just a very physical soap opera but i and a lot of of course there's athleticism in it but people call wrestling a sport and i think not wwe wrestling is not a sport to me it's performance it's a genre of performance because if they if you want to call like john cena aj styles if you want to call them athletes stunt doubles in film and others should be called athletes and what is your thought on that statement uh, so I do think they are, they are athletes because they have to, um, you know, some of the stuff they pull off is... There's a, there's a guy called uh, Ricochet who does double moonsaults. I, I saw him. I saw him do one of those. One of the only wrestling things I've seen. A double moonsault. If that isn't like athleticism, I don't know, you know what it is. Oh, no, the question isn't so much to discredit yeah, yeah. the athleticism of wrestlers, but then it's like, do you see the how I think then yes, that I, label I'm, I'm should gonna... be extended to stunt doubles uh, and combat? Way, I, I would people. consider stunt doubles athletes depending on what they do. For example, there's a stunt double who drives tanks for a living. He's not an athlete. He's driving Oh yeah, tanks. hell no. Hell no. But if they're st- a stunt double because they're the one doing all the flips and dives or, you know, doing the fights and stuff, yeah, they're an athlete. Like They're doing athletic stuff. Um, but the thing about wrestling is nobody these days... I shouldn't say nobody, because there'll be some dumb person out there, but nobody I know, and nobody I've ever met, and nobody I've seen online, thinks it's real anymore. Everyone is very, very, very well aware that it's fake, right? Oh, but, well, can I respond to that quickly? Or will it disrail your train of thought? Okay, because, uh, again, that was also, I realized the the judgment that I grew up with about wrestling that my parents were saying, it's because they were viewing it other than their whole, it's glorified violence. They were viewing it with the assumption that everyone who watches this thinks it's real. Therefore it's stupid. And like I was streaming the other day and we were talking about this. Cause I was maybe talking about that. We were going to be doing the podcast or I was talking about that. I watched um, an NXT thing with James. And someone in my chat, maybe goes, you like wrestling, you know, it's all fake, right? There are some people that think every, that buy into so many people. I think a lot of the more judgmental people about wrestling, it's because they, for some stupid reason, reason assume that everyone watching it thinks and so james replies all in caps it's like this guy did a insert like some really ludicrous more clearly performancey thing that happened at a recent event did this you're telling me that's fake like clearly all <laughs> sarcastic as fuck and the guy was just like yeah yeah dude of course it's fake like just completely missing yeah, the point but there i i think you're wrong i think there are still a lot of people as, as who think that fan, we think it's real as a wrestling fan if I ever say to anyone that I am a wrestling fan, their first response will be, you know it's fake, right? Yes, exactly. everyone does. Nobody thinks it's real anymore. Everyone knows it's fake. 
But but do you know what? Do you know what? I enjoy Game of Thrones. I was gonna say that I was about to say it's like that's like Game if I watch Game of Thrones, it's fake. I was like, I it's like you're telling dragons me dragons are real? aren't real, <laughs> right? So so if I can enjoy Game of Thrones and I can enjoy Emmerdale or Coronation Street, or I can enjoy <laughs> like cop dramas, you know, and stuff like that. If I can enjoy all these shows and just suspend my disbelief and know they're fake. Why is wrestling somehow different? Oh yeah, like cop dramas. My favorite is like you think really in in it takes cops months to solve cases. In a day, they have all these leads and clues, and they yeah. get evidence back from forensics so fast. It's like I was about to say it's it's, it's like if I say like I tell, talk about happened on Vampire Diaries, they're like Laura, you know vampires aren't real, right? <laughs> what really? I can never watch the show again. Yeah. My life is ruined. Like calm everyone down. knows that wrestling's fake. We enjoy it despite it been fake. You know but again, I, mean? like, I wouldn't say everyone. I would say 99.9%. Yes, yes. There, there, I do there think there are... some idiots out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, we, we, we all know it's fake and we like it, you know, despite that. Like, it's just the thing is that what you enjoy it in like a different way is it's you buy into... You don't believe the storylines, you buy into them. You know what I mean? Like, yes, this storyline makes sense. You know, I'm engaged in it. In the same way as watching any other TV show. I don't think that storyline's real. I don't think these people actually hate each other. They're actors acting like any other TV show you will watch in the entire world. And I don't get why that's such a sort of hard concept for people to grasp. I agree. And like, oh, well, why does it pretend to be real? Why does any show pretend to be real then? You know what I mean? Like Exactly. But then here's where my judgment, like I said, I've lost a lot of my, my bias and my judgment and my like, kind of superior attitude towards wrestling. But where it comes in is, like I was mentioning with the camera angles, it's the part where we then, those TV shows don't go about exposing their fakeness. The cop dramas don't make things obvious, but then there are parts of wrestling that are just so OTT, and when the camera angle shows you him missing the hit, things like that, it's just like, and, and I, don't, I think it's just because it's still, it threads, it walks that line of we all know it's fake, this is fake, but we still kind of pretend and pass it off as real. And that's the part where then, like, the over-the-topness gets to me, whereas the melodrama yeah. in other genres of entertainment doesn't get to me as much. But in the same way, you see something and you know it's fake and you suspend your disbelief. It's the same with, like, in Game of Thrones. You know dragons don't actually exist, but you, you know, you buy into it. You buy into that universe. You buy into. But the that's rules presented as fantasy, their... whereas this is presented as you're watching a live sport. It's also because that's the thing. It's the similarity in how it's presented yeah. with the commentators. The arena is. It does feel. Mm-hmm. They, it's like they're cultivating the vibe of like you're watching a football game or something else. So then it yeah. feels weird. Like I, I'm not so much disagreeing. I'm just saying what, why I still yeah. so, wouldn't so call myself I, a fan. The way I view entertainment is that uh, what matters in. Like, when you read a book or watching a show or watching a film or whatever, isn't realism. What matters is consistency. Every universe you try to buy into has its own sort of set of rules it establishes. Lord of the Rings has a set of rules. Orcs are bad. There are these wizards who were sent by the gods to help, you know, mankind and stuff like that. There are the rings. And as long as it sticks to those rules consistently... You can buy into it despite it being totally fake. Because, you know, it sticks to its own rules. It's consistent. So, although it's not realistic in our universe, you can buy into its reality in its universe. 
And what throws people out with stories is when stuff doesn't fit in. You know, when, when something goes against its universe's own principles, not when something's unrealistic. And I yeah. view wrestling the exact same way. Is wrestling isn't realistic at all. But the wrestling sort of universe, so to speak, has, like, a set of rules. And as long as, like, wrestling matches abide by those rules and are consistent, you can buy into this wrestling universe. Just in the same way you buy into the Game of Thrones universe or Lord of the Rings universe or something like that. As long as it's consistent... You know what I mean? Then, and that's to be fair. What you spoke about highlights this. Is like the, it, it, you know, the moves are meant to look like sort of realistic and stuff. Which is why then when you see a move that doesn't look damaging at all, and they start like selling it as though they've broken their leg or something, it takes you out of it because it's gone against the rules of wrestling. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's gone against that consistency. But, like, that's how I view it. As long as it's sort of consistent in its own rule set, it doesn't matter whether it's realistic in real life or not, you can still enjoy it because, it, you know, it's it, for, like in the same way as any other medium, it just needs to follow that sort of consistent set of rules of its own universe. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's like what we were talking about with Irish rips before. They're not realistic at all, but because every time someone Irish rips in a wrestling match, the person starts running the ropes. I know. You buy into it. Because it happens every time, you buy into it. That is it's like an established reality. rule in yeah. the universe. That is the reality in the wrestling universe. In, the reality, in our reality, if you try to do that to someone, they just stand still. But in the reality <laughs> of the wrestling universe, they run the ropes. So you buy into it because it happens every time. But imagine if you were watching a wrestling match and someone went to Irish whip their opponent and their opponent just like sort of stumbled forwards a bit and stopped moving. It would totally take you out of it. You know what yeah. I mean? It would throw you off so badly. And it's because it went against the established rules of the wrestling universe, even though it's actually more realistic. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Um. So that's my view on the whole thing. But I do concede that wrestling is not a sport should never be considered a sport <laughs> and doesn't really even wwe calls themselves sports entertainment like they don't yeah. even call themselves a sport anymore like, you yeah know I, mean? I think like, the difference is wrestling but i want to say that because there's like i think the wrestling that isn't i don't know much about it but he can we'll talk about the wrestling that isn't televised the lower tier before you get there and like wrestling the kind of wrestling you learn like in high school or the wrestling at the olympics that's a sport because that's different wwe is a performance that their entertainers also could and have the title athletes just because of the skill and strength needed to do it. But the the thing itself is not a sport. Yeah, there's, there's two different things. There's one, professional wrestling, which is like the P.T. Barnum-style <laughs> fake, yeah. over-the-top, showmanship-based wrestling. And that is the fake one. That is, you know, professional wrestling is fake. The stuff like um, that you see in the Olympics, we call either... It's got two sort of names that people use. One is amateur wrestling, and the other is Greco-Roman wrestling. Oh, that I've heard that, yeah. That is very much real. That is yeah. a physical contest. It's a sort of martial art, just like judo or jiu-jitsu or something like that. Yeah. The, you cannot confuse the two. They are two <laughs> totally... A lot of professional wrestlers come from an amateur wrestling background... But that does not mean they suddenly start doing real stuff in a professional wrestling ring. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 
you can't yeah, confuse sure. the two, and I think a lot of people do. I think that's where a lot of the confusion comes from. It's like, oh, but wrestling's in the Olympics, you know what I mean, and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, but it's literally a totally, totally different thing. That's like you saying, you know, Chuck Norris has a black belt in judo, which he does. <laughs> so he, what, what, why is he now acting in a Bruce in a Bruce Lee film? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you've got to separate the two. Oh yeah, definitely. They're separate things. So that's sort of my view on that whole thing. Is Everyone knows wrestling's fake. No one believes it's a sport. You know what I mean? But we enjoy it anyway. And yeah. it just has to fit into the same sort of rules of enjoying it as like any other TV show. As long as it's sort of consistent, sticks to its established rules and doesn't try... It doesn't need to be realistic for you to enjoy it. It just needs to be consistent with its sort of own rule set. Yeah. So is there anything else you want to talk about regarding that match? I don't think so. That covers all the stuff in my notes. Okay, so I think next week. So what we're gonna do, so for the listeners, is every week, uh, every two weeks, we're doing every it two weeks. Yeah, we are going to go from one promotion to another, watching a sort of singles match to start, so that Laura gets a good view of different like promotions and their different styles and what they do. Um, and we're gonna stick to singles matches for now, and then once we watch sort of a singles match from each sort of big promotion. We'll then move on to another style of wrestling, like women's wrestling or tag wrestling, and watch one of them from each promotion, and then move on to another style and watch one of them from each promotion. So, next week we're going to watch uh, a singles match from another promotion, and that will be New Japan Pro Wrestling. Because you said uh, you would be interested in seeing Shibata wrestle, so I figure, well, why not watch a Shibata match then? Yeah. So we will watch uh, Okada vs Shibata from New Japan Pro Wrestling for the next episode. So in two weeks' time, we will record that and it will go live after recording it. If you want to keep up to date on the podcast, we have a website that isn't live yet. It will go live when this podcast does. Um, We will link it on the Twitter and the Twitter is M-A-M Wrestling. Short for making a mark wrestling. (laughs) Ma'am Wrestling. MAM Wrestling. So give us a follow on Twitter and you will get all the updates of when a new episode is going live and we will link to the website on there. And once uh, future episodes go live, you obviously you can keep, we'll mention the website and you can keep tracking them there as well. And yeah. thank you all for listening. And keep uh, just one note I'll say for me because I work freelance, I'm self-employed, I have nothing at all resembling a consistent or regular schedule, so we're going to do our best, so we're starting with bi-weekly instead of weekly, to stick to super consistent uploads, but through work or travel or chronic illness, because I have some of those too, I we may like miss the occasional week or have to change up the schedule, so bear with us. But at least for the first few podcasts, I don't foresee any major problems and if there is anything if anything comes up once again if you follow the twitter we'll you know publish an announcement about you yeah know, the change of plans the twitter will be we'll... the best place to keep up with uh, mm-hmm. schedule changes for sure so yeah follow us uh subscribe to the podcast follow us on twitter mam wrestling once again and thank you so much for listening and tune in next uh not next week the week after next week for Okada vs Shibata from New Japan Pro Wrestling.